0: chapter seven of the shining gateway by james allen this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by andrea fiore chapter seven words and wisdom i would find where wisdom is where peace abides where truth majestic chainless and eternal stands untouched by the illusions of the world for surely there is knowledge truth and peace for him who seeks. Thoughts, words, acts, these combine to make up the entire life of every individual. Words and acts are thoughts expressed. We think in words. In the process of thinking, words are stored up in the consciousness, where they await expression and use as occasion may call them forth. Words fit the mind which receives them, they are the tally of the intellect which uses them. The meaner the mind, the more meager is the vocabulary a limited and a capacious intellect alike expresses itself through a limited and an extensive use of words a great mind expresses itself by the vehicle of flowing and noble language words stand for conceptions conceptions are embodied in words at the moment that a conception is formed in the mind its corresponding word arises in the thought Conceptions and words cannot be hidden away indefinitely. Sooner or later they will come forth into the outer world of expression. The matter of the universe is in ceaseless circulation. Its hidden things are continuously coming forth into open, invisible life. Likewise, the mental operations of men are ever in active circulation, and their hidden thoughts are daily expressing themselves in words and acts. The words and acts of every man are determined by the thoughts in which he habitually dwells speech is audible thought a man reveals himself through his speech whether he is pure or impure foolish or vice he makes his inner condition known through his speech the foolish man is known by the way in which he talks the wise man is known by the purity gravity and excellence of his speech he who would gain a knowledge of men says confucius must first learn to understand the meaning of words all wise men saints and great teachers have declared that the first step in wisdom is to control the tongue the discipline of speech is a mental disciple when a man controls his tongue he controls his mind when he purifies his speech he purifies his mind speech and mind cannot be separated they are two aspects of character a man may read scripture study religions and practice mystical arts but if he allows his tongue to run loosely he will be as foolish at the end of all his labors as he was at the beginning a man may not read scripture nor study religions nor practice ascetic arts but if he controls his tongue and studies how to speak wisely and well he will become wise wisdom is perceived in the words which are its expression we speak of certain men of shakespeare for instance as being wise we never saw shakespeare and we know very little of his life how then do we know he was wise by his words only where there are wise words we know there is a wise mind a foolish man may like a parrot repeat wise words but a wise man frames wise sentences his wisdom is shown in originally expressed language why do men speak of words as being bad or good degrading or inspiring low or lofty weak or strong is it not because they unconsciously recognize that words cannot be disassociated from thoughts why do pure-minded people avoid a man who habitually uses impure language is it not because they know that such words proceed from an unclean mind it is impossible for any being to give utterance to words which are not already lodged in his mind fit in the form of thought the impure mind cannot speak pure words the pure mind cannot speak impure words the ignorant cannot speak learnedly nor the learned ignorantly the foolish man cannot speak wisely nor the wise foolishly altered speech follows an altered mind When a man turns from evil to good his conversation becomes cleansed as a man increases in wisdom he watches modifies and perfects his speech if the foolish and the wise are known by their words what then is the speech of folly and what is the language of wisdom a man is foolish if he talks aimlessly and incoherently if he engages in impure conversations if he utters falsehood if he speaks ill of the absent and carries about evil reports concerning others if he frames flattering words if he utters violent and abusive words if his speech is irreverent and his words are directed against the great and good if he speaks in praise of himself a man is wise if he talks with purpose and intelligence if his conversation is chaste If he utters words of sincerity and truth, if he speaks well of, and in defense of, the absent, if he speaks words of virtuous reproof, if his speech is gentle and kindly, if he talks reverently of the great and good, if he speaks in praise of others, we are all, now and always, justified and condemned by our words. The law of truth is not held in abeyance, and every day is judgment day. For every idle word which one speaks, he is at once called to account in an immediate and certain loss of happiness and influence. By the words which we habitually utter, we publish to the universe the degree of our intelligence and the standard of our morality, and receive back through them the judgment of the world. The fool thinks he is harshly judged and badly treated by others, not knowing that his real scourge is his own ungoverned tongue to control the tongue, to discipline the speech, to strive for the use of pure and gentler words. This is a very lowly thing, and one that is much despised, but it cannot be neglected by him who eagerly aspires to walk the way of wisdom. End of chapter 7 Recording by Andrea Fiore